Hey, welcome to the Proving God's Will podcast. I am Pastor Jason Lohorn and your host. Listen, I'm hoping today's episode will inform you, challenge you, and cause you to follow Jesus Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Hey, today on Proving God's Will, we're going to be talking about the book of Ruth for just a little bit. I'm going to say over the last few weeks, in fact, the last probably two months, I've been studying in the book of Ruth more than um, probably any other book. It is preparation for a series that I'm preaching at our church uh, that's going to be covering the life of David, and we're going to primarily be in First and Second Samuel. But I found the Lord leading me to the book of Ruth, where in setting up this discussion about David, and really we're, we're really talking about Jesus Christ as far as where all of these messages are, are heading toward. They're heading toward Jesus. Well, we find that uh, David's great-grandmother is Ruth, and she's just one of the people in the story of God that's just amazing. Uh, when you go to Matthew chapter 1, you take a look at the genealogy of Jesus Christ, you find David there, but you also find Ruth and Boaz, and it causes you to go back to the book of Ruth and take a look at how Ruth made it into the story of, of not just David, but also the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I look back at the book of Ruth, uh, listen, it's an amazing book. If you've not uh, studied the book of Ruth in a while, uh, you need to study these four chapters and just ask God to help you see the gospel in them, uh, the depth of the gospel. And, and the interesting thing is this, in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, we see a picture of salvation there. We see redemption by power in the book of Exodus. And it's amazing how we see that God delivers his people, how Moses comes back and uh, from the land of Midian, and he comes and he says to Pharaoh, let my people go. And we have all the back and forth with Moses and Pharaoh. And then we have all the plagues that we find in the book of Exodus and just the power of God on display. And then we have the, um, the Passover instituted by the Lord. We have the Passover lamb, and certainly there's the gospel there in the Lord Jesus Christ, how the uh, Hebrew slaves... If they would take the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorpost and the lintel, and they'd prepare that lamb, and they caught the blood, they put the blood on the doorpost, the lintel. If they'd done exactly what God said do, then this angel of death would pass over their house, and their firstborn would be saved. It's amazing how we see the gospel in that. But we see the, the, the Lord bring his people out of Egypt. We see salvation, or really redemption, by power in the book of Exodus. Well, in Ruth, we find um, we find redemption by purchase is what we find here. We find redemption by purchase in the book of Ruth. Book of Ruth is an amazing book of the Bible. It comes right after the book of Judges. And what we know about the book of Judges, if you've read through those 21 chapters, is it's a dark time in not just human history. It's a dark time in the history of God's people. Um, the people were doing what was right in their own eyes. The, in fact, that's the last verse of Judges chapter 21. It ends the book with, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so it's a dark time. It's a time where the people were rebelling against God, um, and they were drifting, certainly. And uh, we come to the book of Ruth, and what we find here is that we find a backslider here in Ruth chapter 1. We find Elimelech and Naomi, they're Israelites, they're living in Bethlehem, Judah, and there's a famine in the land. And by the way, 
as I've preached through these um, these chapters over the last few weeks, and as we've studied, what I've said all along is there are links in a chain that brought Ruth to Boaz. Links in a chain. And listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there are links in a chain that helped bring you to the Lord Jesus Christ. There were people, there were circumstances. Um, there was um, this drawing you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and God has used all kinds of things and all kinds of people to bring all kinds of people to Jesus Christ. Well, the book of Ruth, we find uh, some links in a chain here that help bring Ruth to Boaz. Now, uh, the first link in that chain is there's a famine, and we see that in chapter 1. We're gonna not going to read all this text. You're going to have to go study Ruth 1, 2, 3, and 4. But just to give you an overview, we're going to fly over at about 1,000 feet, and we're going to look at some things. Uh, but the first link we see is a famine, and we see that right out of the gate in verse number 1. So even in um, Israel, even in Bethlehem, Judah, there's a famine that hits the land. And so um, Elimelech and his wife Naomi, um, they leave Bethlehem, Judah, and they go to the land of Moab. Um, they head like southeast. They head to Moab. And listen, the land of the Moabites is a place that's cursed. It's a place that God is really not wanting his people to travel to, certainly not live there. And uh, But I guess Elimelech thought, you know what, there's some greener grass somewhere. Uh, there's maybe a a better chance of surviving somewhere else. And, and really, Scripture really warns us about looking for greener pastures, that you and I need to stay close to God and His people, and we need to trust God with our future and not look to uh, this world to try to provide for us. But Elimelech, he kind of does that. He leads his family to leave Bethlehem, Judah, and they go to uh, the land of Moab. And somebody could say, well, you know what, what's so bad about Moab? Is Moab that bad? And the answer is, yes, Moab is that bad. If you look at the Moabites and those people, the people group, and you look at how they got their start, you have to go back to the book of Genesis, and you find the account where, where Lot is having to leave Sodom. In fact, God has told Abraham, Lot's uncle, that he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sexual immorality, the sin that was running rampant in those cities, and God was going to destroy those cities. If you remember, Abraham, he intercedes, and he begins talking to God, or really God's messengers, about how, uh, how that they may be spared. And in the end, God um, decides to spare Lot and his wife, and their two daughters, and but the instruction was to Lot, as you leave Sodom, don't look back. Don't look back on your old life. You're going to be leaving there, and you're going to build a new life elsewhere. But if you remember Lot's wife, she looked back, and she turned into a pillar of salt, and she died. Well, Lot's two daughters... Um, now, they're with him. He's a widower, if you will, and he's got these two daughters... And these two daughters talk to themselves and begin to realize that their dad's not going to have any posterity, that they need to help him um, have some offspring. So they get their father, Lot, they get him intoxicated, get him drunk, and they lay with him, and they bear children by their dad. So it's incest, it's wrong, it's wrong relationship, it's illegitimate, but they both have children. One of them has... Um, a child that would be 
the founder or the patriarch of the Moabites. So the Moabites come from that illegitimate um, relationship, that um, laying with a relative like that. that. That's how it happened. And so later on, we also find in Deuteronomy, we find that that God puts a curse on the Moabites because they continued to come against the people of God. They would send false prophets to the people of God. Balaam was one of them. Uh, however, Balaam gets sidetracked. God intervenes, and instead of Balaam giving a false prophecy or a word against God's people, God intervenes, and Balaam actually says something pretty good. But because of all the interaction of how the Moabites tried to distract and lead God's people astray, God puts a curse on the Moabites. Now, if you look at like Deuteronomy, I think chapter 23, you find you find a curse there. You find where God says that the Moabites will be cursed and not be able to come into the assembly of the Lord, and that that would happen for 10 generations. And so they had a curse on them. So we're talking about people that are far from God, outside of the commonwealth of Israel, outside of God's best for them, and, and now God has put a curse on them because... They have come against God's people so much, and so there's a curse. Well, back to the book of Ruth. We have Elimelech and Naomi, his wife. We have them leaving Bethlehem, Judah, with their two sons, and they move to the land of Moab, this cursed land. And so the first link in the chain, we find there's a, there's a famine in Bethlehem, Judah, and so Elimelech and Naomi move with their two sons. Well, they move into Moab, and the two sons, they grow up. They spend some years there. They grow up, and they meet two young women. One of them marries um, a young Moabitess named Orpah. The other marries a young Moabitess named Ruth. And so uh, over time, uh, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, he dies. And the Scripture also tells us that... uh, the husband of Orpah and the husband of Ruth, they both die as well. And so what we have here, we have these links in a chain. So Ruth is now married into this family, and so we have a um, we have links in a chain that bring Ruth to Boaz. The first link is a famine. The second link is a family. Ruth is married into this family, um, the family of Elimelech. She's married into this family, this Israelite family, But then the next link in the chain is a funeral, and we have the funerals of Elimelech and also his two sons. So now Naomi, she's a widow. Orpah, she's a widow. Ruth, she's a widow. And Naomi begins begins to realize, you know what? Um, It's not going so good. And let me just tell you something. Anytime God's people choose to walk away from being around God's people, it's not going to end too good. It's not going to go good. It's not. I've seen, um, over my 23 years of being a pastor, I've seen people drift out of regular church attendance. Maybe they used to go three three, three out of four weeks a month. The next thing you know, they go a couple times a month. Then they go once a month. They let everything else creep in on their church attendance. They don't um, really mark out Sunday as a day they're going to worship the Lord and just... They, they pencil it in so they can erase it, you know. And it's got to be written in ink. And it's got to be a commitment where we say, you know what, on Sunday we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to go to the house of God. Well, uh, oftentimes people don't do that. Next thing you know, they begin to drift. And, and if we could, if we think that decreasing church attendance 
that we can stay strong in the Lord, we are so mistaken. We need the church. We're part of the church. We need one another. Iron sharpens iron. We need to be under the teaching of God's word, the preaching. We need to come worship with the saints. We don't need to forsake the assembling of ourselves together with the saints. Hebrews warns against that. We, we need to make sure that we stay plugged in. But any time that we drift away or separate ourselves from the people of God or drift from them or distance ourselves from the people of God, it's not going to go good. Well, Elimelech and Naomi, they leave Bethlehem, Judah, and they go to the land of Moab, and it's not going so good. Naomi is struggling. She has lost her husband. Now she's lost her two sons. And so uh, Ruth and Orpah, now they're widows as well, and we've had all these funerals. But here's the thing is God, is, God is still looking to bring Ruth into his family. He's really pursuing a lost person. And let me tell you, that's the nature of God. That you know, Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. He didn't come for those that are well. He come uh, to save those that are sick. He's that's what he does. He's the great physician, and so um, God, we see him operating this way in the book of Ruth. Well, we have these links in a chain. We have a famine. We have a family, and certainly Ruth marries into this family. But then we have these funerals. Well, um, word comes to Moab from a great distance away. The the God had visited Bethlehem, Judah. He was providing for his people there. And there was a testimony coming out of Bethlehem, and it made it all the way over to the land of Moab. And Naomi hears that, you know what, that God has absolutely visited his people um, over in Bethlehem, back in her hometown. And she begins to think, you know what, I ought to go home. I really ought to go home. And it's interesting when you look at this. What you have here is you have some good news coming from God's people to a lost area like Moab. Isn't that the gospel? Isn't that the Great Commission? That God's people, that we share the good news that God has visited his people, that God has come down here from heaven to earth in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ, and that he has died and rose from the dead to provide for us um, salvation and sustenance and all these things. Well, Naomi hears this word that God has visited his people in Bethlehem and that he's providing for them. And so Naomi, she says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back home. And so she tells Orpah and she tells Ruth, her daughter-in-law, she says, hey, listen, girls, um, you stay here, go back to your families. You stay here in Moab. I'm going to go back home to Bethlehem. Uh, well, Orpah and Ruth are like not having it. They're like, no, we're going to go with you. We're going to go. And then uh, Naomi says to the girls, she says, hey, listen, I, you know, even if I were to meet another man and be married again and have a husband and even produce a couple of sons, it would take a long time to raise them. You're, you're not going to wait around to marry future sons of mine. And, and I know you all need some husbands, so you need to stay here in Moab. And so that's really horrible counsel. What she's saying to them is, y'all need to stay in this land that's far from God while I go back to be near God. Um, that's really what she's saying. But Orpah, what she does, um, she says, you know what, I'll take your advice. I will stay in Moab, and that's what she did. But Ruth, the scripture says that she clung to Naomi. And Ruth said this, she said, uh, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Now, that's what she says in chapter 1, verse 16. 
Um, she makes this commitment to Naomi. She makes this commitment that says, you know what? The God that you speak of, I'm going to follow after your God. Let me tell you that's something, friends. That's a, uh, It's like a conversion moment, if you will, where she's making a decision that she's going to leave the land of Moab that's full of paganism, <laughs> that's been cursed, and she's going to go with Naomi back to Bethlehem, Judah, and be with the people of God. And so they travel back to Bethlehem, Judah. As they come back into town, everyone's excited to see Naomi. She'd been gone for some years. And that's kind of the way it is when you move back to your hometown. You're welcome back in. People remember you from years ago, and it's all it's all good. And uh, But as they ask her, say, listen, you're Naomi. Good to see you back home. And she says, no, listen, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, she says, because God has dealt bitterly with me. And she tells them about her husband dying and that uh, her sons both died. And what she's saying is, listen, I left here with a husband and two sons years ago, and it was all good. And now God's allowed these deaths, and I've come back now, and I'm empty-handed, and I'm poor. And so change my name, if you will. So that's what she tells the people. And so listen, the town's excited. Bethlehem Judah's excited to see Naomi again. And, and here does Naomi's got this young daughter-in-law that's with her named Ruth. Well, Ruth um, re- recognizes that they're poor. Uh, now, before leaving, um, you know, Bethlehem, Judah, Elimelech had perhaps some property. He sold it or, or whatever he did with it. But now they've come back and they don't have anything. And so they're poor. And so what you have, you have Ruth saying, you know what, I will, uh, I'll go out and I'll help provide for us. And at that time, God's, God's welfare program, if you will, for the poor was that they could go out to the field during harvest time. And the Mosaic Law said to the field owners, said to them, listen, when your reapers come and reap the harvest, leave the corners of the field that the poor may come out and glean those corners. And, and also, listen, when they're, when they're harvesting the crops, even in the middle of the field, and a certain amount drops to the ground, there was a certain amount they were to pick up and a certain amount they were to leave behind, and that was for the poor. Now, the poor could get that freely, but they still had to work for it. They still had to come out and harvest that. They had to show um, some interest in it and some initiative. No one's going to gather it up and bring it to them. They had to go out and work and gather that from the corners of the field. And so Ruth goes out, and she goes to the field, uh, these fields. And listen, there's fields that are lined up. There's a lot of fields. But by the providence of God, he has Ruth walk into the fields of Boaz. And as she is in the fields, we see yet again another link in the chain. So I'm talking about links in the chain that brought uh, Ruth to Boaz. We have a famine. We have a family. We have funerals. Uh, we have a fear. Uh, Naomi had a fear that, you know what, I can't stay in Moab. I've got a fear. I don't want to lose Naomi. So a fear led her to go with Naomi back to Bethlehem, Judah. But then now we have another link, and that is a field. And so so Ruth goes into this field, and uh, she's gleaning, and Boaz, he comes into his field, and he's the rich um, landowner. He's got reapers. He's got people working in his field, and he uh, sees Ruth gleaning, and he asks one of his reapers, he says, hey, listen, who is this, uh, who's this woman over here in the corner? Who's this gleaning? I, I, you know, evidently they had all kinds of people that would come and glean, but he didn't recognize her. He thought, well, you know, that's, that's somebody new. And so he asked the reaper who that is, and he lets him know. He says, hey, that's the, that's the young lady that come back with um, Naomi. And, and part of Boaz's questioning is, who does she belong to? That's part of his questioning. And, 
And uh, the, the answer was, uh, well, nobody. She's not married. She come back with Naomi. And he's like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. And so Boaz connects the dots, and then he talks to Ruth. And, uh, you know, was Ruth pretty? I'm going to say she was pretty. Uh, I'm going to say she had um, maybe this way about her. I, I don't know. She was pretty. Maybe she had a great personality. I don't know. But, but Boaz has a conversation with her. And they make some kind of connection. And then then all of a sudden we found Boaz, he begins to say, you know what, um, um, whatever you do, don't, don't go into the other fields. You just stay in my fields. You stay near my reapers and even the women that are in my fields as well. You stay near all of them. Um, don't go in these other fields. I'm, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. And, and then we find a little later on, or maybe in the middle of the day, they're having some kind of shared meal a break, if you will, and uh, he includes her to have a seat with the reapers, and not not like where the poor people would sit. He gives he listen. He gives her a place at his table. There's a word there. He gave someone that was far from God a, a seat at his table. A foreigner, a Moabite, um, gave her a seat at his table, and uh, and then he tells his reapers. He says, "Hey, listen, when when you're out there, let more fall to the ground so she can get it." Like, be gracious to her. Um, just bless her. And he also says throughout all these harvest times, he goes, you just stay you just stay in my fields, and you stay near my people. And so she does. But as she goes home, she sees Naomi, and she brings home such a, um, such a resource, such a bountiful harvest of gleaning. And Naomi recognizes that it's more than she should have come home with. And she's like, Who, whose field did you go into today? And Ruth said, I went into a field of a man named Boaz. And she begins to share what happened. Well, Naomi says, hey, listen, that's a, that's a relative to my husband, uh, Elimelech, who had died. So he's our, he's our kinsman. He's related to us. And what did he tell you? And Ruth says, well, he told me all these things. And, and she said, listen, you stay close to him. You stay close to him. In fact, she begins to, Naomi begins to teach Ruth the Mosaic Law as far as this provision for a kinsman redeemer that could come along and redeem a dead man's widow um, or redeem um, a dead man's property or a person that could redeem someone that fell under some kind of misfortune. Um, a kinsman redeemer could come along and help out a poor family relative that um, had some type of misfortune, he could come along and redeem their property. There was protocol for that. And so um, so Naomi begins to tell that to to Ruth. And then she says, I, I tell you what you need to do. And this is sometime later. We're not sure how many, how many weeks have passed or how long this harvest period may have taken because there's a few different harvests there. But Naomi gives her counsel and says, listen, uh, he's at the threshing floor. Uh, go and clean yourself up, anoint yourself, put on your best garment, go to the threshing floor, and he's going to eat supper later, and he's going to maybe drink with his friends or whatever. Don't bother him. Uh, just don't even make yourself known just yet. But let him retire for the night and let him go to bed, and then watch where he lies down, and then go in there and just uncover his feet and lay at his feet. And when he discovers you, um, just let him know that you have a desire for him um, to redeem you, that you would uh, be willing to marry him if he would do that. And listen, this is the protocol. This is it. Now, it's 
probably very uncommon that a woman would go at night and do that. But listen, I think that Naomi recognized that time was of the essence. She probably recognized there's some type of timing involved in this. She Perhaps she recognized God's grace uh, for the moment. And so Naomi or Ruth does everything that Naomi says do. Ruth is obedient. She, she follows this godly counsel coming from Naomi. And hey, listen, um, for those of you listening to the podcast, let's mark it down. Anytime that you follow God's counsel and God's word and you follow his protocol of what he wants you to do, it's going to be a good thing. Uh, blessings follow. Some people look at the Ten Commandments and they think, man, these things are so restrictive and it's, you know, there's a lot of a lot of the laws of God. And even, even in the New Testament, they look at some of Jesus' teachings and they're like, man, there's just too many restrictions. Listen, all that's there to bless you. All of that's there to help you walk in God's favor and walk in God's obedience, obedience to his word. And it's, it's meant to help. And so um, no doubt Naomi's told Ruth this. And Ruth, she follows it every, every bit, every word. She goes and she lays there at his feet. Well, in the middle of the night, he's startled, wakes up in the middle of the night. And, of course, it's pitch black. It's, you know, I said yesterday in our sermon here, there's no nightstand. There's no flashlight. And he, but he recognizes, Boaz recognizes somebody's in the room. Somebody's at his feet, laying by his side, down at his feet. And he says, who are you? Because he couldn't see. And she says, um, I'm Ruth. And she's asking him if, if she could come under his wing and be part of his family is essentially what she says. She shares her intentions. She shares that she's willing and that she needs to be redeemed. He then uh, is excited about that. He's willing to be her kinsman redeemer. He's related to Limelech, so he qualifies, um, meets that legal requirement. He certainly does. But he tells her, he says, listen, there's one closer, a closer relative than I. There's somebody else that we're going to have to see if he will redeem you first. And so uh, the next day... Um, Boaz gathers some of the leaders, the elders together, and and um, has a conversation about it. He also goes to the closer relative and brings him into the conversation and lets him know that uh, Ruth is there, the daughter-in-law of Naomi. But at that time, that closer relative would have to be willing to go find the parcel of land that Elimelech had perhaps sold years before, and he'd have to be financially able to go buy that property and redeem it back for, uh, for for Ruth and Naomi in this redemption process. Also, he had to be willing to marry her, and maybe he was already married, or maybe he just didn't have the financial wherewithal. He ends up saying to Boaz, I, I can't do it. You know, At first he says, I'm willing, but then he realizes he can't do it, so he can't. And um, the community leaders there that are around, um, they they are witnessing this. And then um, Boaz then takes up his opportunity, which was next to redeem Ruth and even the property of Elimelech and his sons to go redeem all of this. And, uh, and it starts with redeeming Ruth and marrying her. And so he redeems her. Now, he is a kinsman redeemer. And so it had to be a close relative um, in order to redeem her. And so Boaz was willing to do that. He was financially able to do that. He could meet all the legal requirements to do that, and he did. And there's much more to the story, much more in Ruth chapter 3 and chapter 4. But let me just um, give a commercial for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what does this mean for us? I mean, what does it mean for me and you? Well, here it is. 
um, you and I were like a Moabite. We are part of Adam's ruined race. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and we are part of their ruined race. By inheritance, we have inherited the sin nature. We stand in great need. The only way we could be reconciled to God, the only way we could be redeemed, we were going to have to have a kinsman redeemer, somebody that um, is near of kin could redeem us. Someone that could meet all the legal requirements could redeem us. Well, Jesus is our nearest of kin. He is the second Adam. When Jesus come from heaven to earth, he's 100% God, but he's also 100% man. And so he is born, check this out, in where? Bethlehem. Where's this story in Ruth taking place? Bethlehem, the house of bread. And, and we have Jesus coming. He's being born in Bethlehem. He's come down here to be our redeemer, to purchase us. And our nearest of kin is Jesus. He's the second Adam. That's why he come down here and took on human flesh. He had to be nearest of kin. He had to be a human being in order to die for us on the cross. The only way we could be accepted by God would be have all of our sins atoned for and forgiven. We needed a perfect sacrifice. An animal sacrifice wouldn't do because an animal's not nearest of kin. It had to be a human being. And get this, Jesus is the only human being that could meet the legal requirement. He fulfilled the law, and he said that in the Gospels a number of times. He fulfilled the law. In fact, his three-and-a-half-year public ministry allowed him to meet every requirement that he needed to. And in the fullness of time... He dies on the cross, paying our sin debt. And we have redemption by purchase. What we have in Ruth, we have redemption by purchase by Boaz. What we have in the Gospels, we have redemption by purchase. And it's by the Lord Jesus Christ shedding his blood. The currency that heaven needed in order for you and I to be purchased back, to unravel this fall, if you will, to help us be born again, was the blood sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' blood was the the currency heaven would receive, that God would accept. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Died on the cross, rose from the dead. He is our Boaz. He is our kinsman redeemer. And in Ruth chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, we see all these lives play out, and it's all real. All these people lived. All this happened. But it is a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of the gospel showing us that Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. And friends, that is absolutely amazing, amazing. The end of Ruth chapter 4, we find this. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Verse 14. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women, they gave him a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Back to that genealogy in Matthew 1. We have this story of David, but really it's the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ and how God redeemed and purchased Ruth and brought her into his story. 
And then she is the great-grandmother of David, who would later become a king. Friends, I'm telling you, the Word of God is amazing. And Ruth is one of the most beautiful stories ever. I want to encourage you to read these four chapters and let it change your life. Listen, thanks for tuning in to um, ProvingGodsWill.com. I hope this was a blessing to you. And listen, we flew over to 1,000 feet. Um, We did not fly low. There's more to mine and to dig into this story. There's more to dig out. But you just got the overview, and I hope it stirs you. Listen, thanks for tuning in.